That's enough, kids. I've had it with your shenanigans. Hand over the crystals now, if you know what's good for you. All right, another asterisk. Might as well hand it over. I'm going to kick your butt anyway. What, what are you talking about? Oh, come on. Just give it to me already. What are you, a ranger? A gambler? I'm a bard. Is it not clear that I'm holding a harp? Oh, I thought it was a bow. A bow? Of all the... And how did you know I was holding an asterisk? You're kidding, right? All of your asterisk users look like you're going to an anime convention. It's that obvious? Yep. Ah, what's going on? Why haven't you seized the crystals yet? Awesome! A steampunk zombie in a pimp coat. Steampunk zombie? I am an arcanist! Oh, okay. It was the top hat and the goggles that threw me off. <laughs> and I worked so hard on this costume. Nobody can tell I'm an arcanist. Aw, I think you look cool. Really? Yeah, I can't wait to wear that arcanist costume. Aw, thank you. That means so much. Ah, here, have the asterisk. That just made my day. Oh, come on. Thank you, and what about you? Ugh, fine. Take it. I'm not that good at singing anyways. Sweet. Now to go hit up the magic school. They got a bunch of mage asterisks there. <laughs> Hey baby, here the game's a callin', backlog's growing at a long race. Mercy. And maybe you seem a bit confused, RP gamers. Kev will set you straight. <laughs> but Matt don't know what to do with those saga games or FFA. He's playing again. Neptunia games all over this place. What is a boy to do? Hello and welcome to RPG Backtrack, your deep dive into your favorite RPGs. We are a production of RPGamer.com, bringing you such fine podcasts like RPG Cast, your weekly RPG news show, Q&A Quest, your weekly RPG feedback show, and we are your bi-weekly nostalgia show. I am your host, Kelly Ryan, and with me, uh, my podcast partner in crime, the Elvis to my Adele, Mr. Matt Mason. If I could do a Scottish accent without really sounding Irish or just like some bum U.S. guy doing an Irish accent trying to be Scottish. I would, but, you know, good job, yeah. Elvis. I was born no on Elvis's birthday, so, you know, ah, close. Cool. cool. Um, also joining me, noted uh, bravely super fan, Cassandra Ramos. Hello, everybody. And, and been, he's been teasing his experiences with this game all week, and now I'm dying to hear about it. Robert Albright. I, I am the penultimate red mage in another game. <laughs> <laughs> Another game with the word 14 in it? Yes. Ah, gotcha. No, this this isn't 14. This is Bravely Default 2. Not yes. Bravely Second, Bravely Default 2. And I just warn you right now, I'm probably going to call it Bravely, Bravely Second at least once because I had to do the, the similar disclaimer in the Bravely Second episode because that game had just come out when we was doing that episode. So, uh, um, Oh, I remember that. We, we, we definitely mm -hmm. did the uh, Bravely Default. Or, oh, gosh, here, here we are. I already made it set up. We definitely did Bravely Second right <laughs> within a few months of the bravely default to release it was yeah. uh, quite the tongue twisting night oh I, I i don't understand why they decided to do this naming conventions like this well uh, like I'll, final I'll... fantasy you know 
numbered sequels and all that. Well, we'll get into that um, when we get into the story and development of the game. Mm-hmm. But um, the the first uh, Switch game in the series, and I I think it's my favorite game in the series. I don't know if that's a hot take. No, I mean it's a it's a good game. It's a it's a good entry, um, despite my experiences. But I. You know, it was a fun game. Uh, I actually really enjoyed watching Paul's play it here on the channel. I don't know if we have it saved though on our on our Twitch channel, which is Twitch.tv/rpgamer. We might not. I don't know what kind of stuff we save or how long that stuff gets saved for. Um, it, initially two weeks, unless we go in and purposely save it for longer. Okay. Um. Also, so, so you're saying save, saving it um, for longer is not the uh, default? No. Hey, it No, it is not. Uh, it's, it's not the default action at all. Maybe it should be too. I will admit, lately it has been me for the most part. Thank and we you don't for, save for all, preserving. all the games either. I am distracted right now because my cat is dropping things on my head. <laughs> go, cat, go! She she is a little spoiled this week, I'm not going to lie. I've been letting her get away with murder, and that includes dropping things on my head while we're podcasting. So if you hear a loud crash, I can't remember what episode it was where she knocked over a Lego set and it sounded like a bomb went off. But yes, that was this show. Um, <laughs> but in, in the meantime, let's let's get some of that beautiful Revo music going, and then we'll take a, a quick break, and then when we come back, and we'll just get into the main event. RPG Backtrack, where we are talking about Bravely Default 2, released for the Nintendo Switch on February 26, 2021, and then oh, several months later on Windows on September 2nd, 2021. So within the same year, it was put out on Steam, which, which is awesome. And we're talking Bravely Default 2. The the, conven- the naming conventions of this series is a little bit confusing, and the the way the developers justified it is that two DS games, because they take place in the same universe and have the same characters, sort of, um, that those two games were linked together, and then this one is a sequel just on its own. So they're, they're bas- what one of you said, basically they're doing the Final Fantasy thing. Yeah. Um, which I think makes the most sense. I, Aside from maybe the E series, I am hard-pressed to think of many Japanese RPGs that all have uh, connected with, with each other with characters and stuff mm-hmm. like that. E's and maybe some of the Persona games and some of the SMT games. So... 
That's just how JRPGs are. Um, this was originally JRPGs do as JRPGs do. Yeah, um, this was originally announced during the 2019 Game Awards, and kind of took me by surprise when they announced it because I kind of associated the series with the 3DS mostly, and I was surprised that they brought it forward. I remember being very excited during, and like surprised that it happened during the awards of all things. But yeah, I was just super excited to see that trailer. The and to, game of and to hear that music. The game awards have kind of become a mini E3 in a way these days. They do True. a couple of announcements and yeah, it's still wouldn't expect like a somewhat niche. I mean, somewhat niche. I don't know how niche. Like the the first game in this game apparently sold a million copies, but you know, not exactly a very well known JRPG series. Now I heard that the sequel didn't do as well. Well, I think Greatly uh, Second did did poorly, from what I understand, especially in Japan. Yeah, I think part of that was because in between the two, there was the a, a different mobile game, technically. Yeah, but would the mobile game kill interest in the second game if it was bad enough? <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know there was a difference. I, I didn't even know there was a mobile game, so maybe that's why I picked it up both at the same time. Yeah. I didn't get the first one when it came out. I got it right before the second one came out. I was like, oh god, they're coming out with number two. I better get on that number one. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Here, no, not that one. Oh, what here we go. The, Bravely uh, Default Fairy Effect. Okay, so that was a mobile game that we mm-hmm. didn't get. Yes, because there is the newer, uh, newer one called Bravely Default Brilliant Lights, which I think uh, also shut down, or was about to. Ah, uh, that's the way they always go. I, because I had mm-hmm. heard what I had read was that the mobile game was actually doing quite well. Since that's what that's kind of why they decided to go ahead and do a Switch game. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah. Uh, actually, it's it's it shut down uh, February twenty eighth of this year. But that an offline version of the game w- would be released afterwards. And that's the last news on Brilliant Lights. Um, and, and according to Wikipedia, team morale and finance has been improved during, following the release of that the Japan-only mobile game Fairies Effect and the 2018 Switch title Octopath Traveler, which I forgot that the t- same teams worked on that mm-hmm. and, and this. So um, it gave them the chance to kind of do a little bit more with the Switch. And boy, they did, because this game is one of the prettiest Switch games I've ever played. Oh, it's very pretty. Um, I, mm-hmm. I just... I just remember whenever Truff would show up, I would just look at how shiny his skin was, and I was like, oh, he's so shiny, I want to pet him. Yeah, the clothing um, detail's really nice, too. Oh my god, it's funny you say that, because I, literally I was just zooming in. Um, I wrote an impression about the uh, demo that we got right at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, like, very, you know, I know later we'll talk about memories of playing this game. Like, my memories are more of playing the demo, because it came out in March of 2020, and looking here, it's apparently my demo impression was on april fools of 2020 but yeah i was just zooming in and looking and i'm like my gosh the the intricacy the intricacy of the uh patterns on the uh clothing and everything and i even said you know the party decked out in their job specific outfits are a gorgeous sight to see that that's really good and mm-hmm. the other photo i was complimenting the water effects and lighting yeah yeah. So, like, yeah, those, those are the two photos I chose to put on there. I, I'm glad you brought up the demo because I remember that demo being freaking hard. And Oh, my God, it was hard as hell. 
and me kind of souring my impression of the game souring a little bit and wondering if I was going to pick it up right away because mm-hmm. one of my favorite things about the default series is just how adjustable the difficulty is you know mm-hmm. not only does it have independently adjustable difficulty but it was famous for being able to just shut off encounters or oh god I love that yeah d- decide how bad of encounters you want to deal with and between the difficulty of the demo and the fact that that was going away in lieu of having you know visible characters on the screen it was like man you know i i wasn't that hot and bravely second i don't know if i'm gonna get this one or not and then i ended up getting it because it was you know during that beginning of the year lull and i needed something new to play Mm -hmm. um luckily squeenix i I don't know why Squeenix justified making that demo so hard, but I do know that they uh, were taking feedback from them. Yeah. And I'm sure that complaint came up quite a bit. Yes, and then they released a second demo that went a little bit into the story, too. Yeah, I didn't do the second demo. Um, Uh, Neither did I. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I did both. Nothing I recall too much other than, like, it was really close to what actually happened in-game. Yeah, it was Uh, supposed to pick up towards closer to the middle of the story. Mm -hmm. Like, by the... Is it the second chapter? No, yeah, like the... the, More like the first chapter, I think, is when they go to Savalon, the desert kingdom. Uh, That was the the first demo. Yeah, they it was, they also went back to Savalon. Uh, oh, did they? It, it, that's when they just they go into that big. Uh, you know, they they just kind of travel to the desert and they meet Bernard the Thief, who has the water crystal. But that mm. doesn't really happen during a story, at, at least not exactly like that. Well, you know, yeah, I, and... I wonder what it is with them always using the desert area. Yes, exactly. I was to say that because like <laughs> bravely default, you went to uh, Anchime. Bravely second has everything take place in um, Al Compass. And the, both demos in the third game take place in Savalon, all desert areas. I mean, if there's ever, if you're going to make a fourth game, <laughs> prepare for a desert area demo. <laughs> also, hey, at this point, you just got to lean prepare in. Prepare for somebody with a French accent. Yeah, so, so was this the first game to have oui, voice oui. acting? Oh, no. Both games had, like, had, had voice acting. Both previous games, Bravely Default and Bravely oh. Second, had voice acting. Okay. It was kind of weak in the first game. I mean, it, like, the acting itself was fine, but the direction was weird. And then Bravely Second was excellent. And Bravely Default is, is excellent, too. Um, in, in case you don't know, I play a lot of portable games with the sound down, so I have a hard time remembering if games, if port- a lot of portable games have voice acting or not. Um, even this one, because I played most of it in handheld mode. Um, but that being said, I did like what voice acting I did here because it was a mostly British cast and all just Mm -hmm. very good, good direction. Um, especially Elvis's Scottish accent. Yep. Yes. It was, it's, again, it's kind of neat to hear all the the, uh, different accents because they also had, like, they did it not just for Elvis, um, like his home his home kingdom of Wiswall, they all had Scottish accents. And there was one town near, like, not actually, no, it was like in the snowy area. And Darno all had Irish accents. I, I love it when games do that. It gives them a little bit more personality. Um, yeah. Even yes. if it's not voice acted, uh, uh, Dragon Quest comes to mind. Because I've, I've always got to read that, read out the accents in Dragon Quest games. I don't. Oh, my God. Especially uh, in Dragon Quest 4, yes. <laughs> when that PS1 came, that that one took a little bit over the top. I know they pulled back, and they're you know you, you've got places in Eleven where they're you know what is it? Hodo's got the rhyming. You, you got to read those out all out loud because they're all haikus and 
yeah, they'll have little accents in different towns, but yeah. Oh, yeah. After they, like after they, the after they dove in, they're now they they stay in the shallow end a little more. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see if they'll because the uh, previous two games did the like the usual uh, Los Angeles actors that you hear in a lot of JRPGs. So be curious to see if they're going to continue with the British actors or or even a mixture. Wonder if they could do that. But by well, Los by Los did Angeles. They say with uh, oh, go ahead, Kelly. Sorry, sorry, by Los Angeles actors. Do you mean the usual crew of like Matt Mercer and? Yeah, Matt Mercer, like Zeno Robinson and okay. uh, Michelle Ruff, like and and like t- like. Tons of other people I can name. Ah, uh, gotcha. Anyway, what were you does, about to say, Matt? I'm sorry. Does the Final Fantasy um, series usually use uh, British voice acting? I'm not sure. I, I know the most recent game. The most recent game, all the char- characters were mostly British. Um, in 13, not so much. 14, uh, they switched dubbing studios to UK because that was during the first uh, writer strike. Was it writer strike? It was. It was some strike that happened during the time of A Realm Reborn into Heaven's Word. So they switched the dubbing studio from the US to the UK because of the strikes. Okay. I wonder if that's more of a general Square Enix thing because Dragon Quest has gone pretty much all British. Mm. Um, so maybe, so yes, maybe it'll be less the uh, the, the Los Angeles actors. I, I, they're, they're, they're all really good. So, or at least the ones that... Many of them are. Yes. Um, so. so getting into some of the other uh, different, or some of the stuff that they upgraded when they moved it to Switch. So like I said, enemies show up directly on the map, eliminating the need for the encounter slider. And they made it so that you can chain battles together for much JP and EXP. Um, mm-hmm. So something that I very much exploited uh, playing the whole game, trying to max out all of the jobs because I'm crazy like that. Um, this time around, they did an ATB system instead of just having having everybody fire off the, their turn when you input it. Um, I heard that again. This move, yeah, I was I gonna say th- again, this is kind of like that Dragon Quest Eleven shift. You know, instead of you know picking your four things and go letting the whole turn play out. You know, it was, yeah, the ATV kind of like when it was your turn, it was your turn. And I thought I read that that decision was a little bit controversial among amongst the fans. Yes, because uh, it, it kind of messed up like uh, old uh, like strategies from the previous games. I mean, granted, a lot of it, not all of the, uh, a lot of the jobs are played somewhat differently or have different skills. So that changes things up anyway, but it does make things a bit more annoying. I'm kind of neutral on it, I guess. It it just means I have to change up the strategy. I I really didn't notice it that much, to be honest. Um, I didn't even realize that there was an ATB until I read it today. That's how much I didn't notice it, apparently. And I, I'll I say pretty, oh, I, I, I'm Sorry. reading through my demo impression and I mentioned this a lot that I, I'm not sure if it's like ATB or is it just there's a turn order like there, there's a turn in the background it's based hidden. on speed, I believe. It's yeah. Like a, so it's like an order based on speed as opposed to just uh, whatever turn it is. Yeah. But I, I couldn't figure out. So am I going to get if, if I just didn't bravely or use, use the brave or default commands, would I still get as many turns as a monster does? That was something I couldn't figure out through playing. Like, all right, are we all getting to go? Like, um, so so if Elvis goes first, is everybody going to get to go before Elvis goes again? Or could Elvis sometimes go twice before somebody else? Or, you know, because in ATB, that could happen. Elvis could go twice. 
if his speed is way higher than an enemy or something like that, or if you're hitting an enemy and decreasing their speed, then somebody could go twice. Or is there a turn order in the background? Like, hey, listen, all seven of you guys are going to go before all seven of you go again. Which is how how Mary Skelter does it, where um, the the battle order is based on speed, but all characters will go in a specific order. Before a second one. Before a second one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then it starts getting weird. Oh, well, well, this one gets weird, too, when you're bravely using the brave and the default, so people are getting skipped anyway. So, like, by, by you know, playing with that so much, I never really... And it didn't matter. I, I didn't fight the battle system a lot, so... But, I, yeah, at the end of the day, it was like, I don't know if everybody's getting an equal number of turns, just faster people going fast, or the faster people actually getting more turns. I'm pretty sure it just depends on the, the t- just depends on the speed, just depends on when they go, doesn't really affect, like, how many turns they get. That's what the Brave and Default system does, that's saving up turns. Yeah, that 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 makes 100% logic, yeah. And- Tam, where does it even begin to describe to describe Barry Skelter? But we'll get into that later. <laughs> or in a we'll later. get into that on a different backtrack. Oh, um, man, I need do to, we have to? <laughs> I need to play the other two games, but yes. <laughs> they're, they're, uh, despite some content, Platy, they're pretty good. I, I gave I, I gave the remake of the first one a couple hours. It wasn't horrible, but I got backed into a wall and didn't have a save and i was like well that, that was two hours i won't get back again so we'll just... <laughs> that uh, in the graveyard huh that was a fun evening that was a, I, I guess so it was like the first area so probably the, the, well this if if it was the very first area that's oh no it wasn't the first i guess oh it yeah, was the graveyard, second area. yeah that, that happened to me like on stream cool. yeah. well yeah. I, I'm, I'm, gl- I'm glad i'm not alone it, it was like one night when I was like, oh, what am I going to play next? I'll give this a try. And, you know, it, it was an enjoyable two hours until it wasn't. And then I was like, well, you know, we'll leave this on the Switch. We'll get back to it one day. <laughs> uh, it, it, nobody plays that game in easy mode, apparently. Just me. <laughs> um, but speaking of easy mode, this did have a variable difficulty, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. which I, I appreciate. I, I've been playing pretty much all my games in easy mode. And, um just because I don't have the time nor the patience to want to beat my head against a wall anymore. Uh, that being said, I'm probably going to get destroyed when I eventually start Bloodborne, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, let's see, other changes. Well, so, sort of. Um, the exploration mechanic pl- replaces the town building. So, I mean, obviously, since you don't have street pass anymore, so they had to do something. So mm-hmm. you put your switch in mm-hmm. sleep mode. And you you send a ship off, and the longer you're in sleep mode, the more rewards you will get. And it's annoying because uh, I believe it's only sleep mode that it works. If you turn, if you like back out of the game or turn off the game or turn off your switch, it doesn't work. It has to be in sleep mode, which annoyed me greatly. I think my switch perpetually lives in sleep mode, but <laughs> I'm, I mean, mine does too. But I can't remember why I had to back out of the game and forgot to put it to turn the game back on. And yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe it, you know, it's, I bet it's like that so that you can't do the clock forward and exploit it. That's probably exactly it. Probably. Oh. Um. But but nice little. I, it, Oh, God. I feel like I did that plenty enough times on my 3DS, but... Yeah, I did, too. I, and that, now it's like, you know, in Switch era, I'm like, okay, I got it. You just, you, you're connected to the internet, like, all the time, so mm-hmm. just keep the time. It's fine. Yep. Um, and then they added a new little bit of crack to this game, uh, B&D, which oh. I just... Dis- 
I describe yes. as uh, triple triad cranked up to 11. Maybe it's just me, but I, I only did D&D enough to get the gambler asterisk. After that, I pretty much ignored it. <gasps> and it was oh kind of gosh. fun, but I I didn't find it all that engaging. I guess just me. <laughs> I, 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 had I, fun. I had fun with it, but and I at least did the little ones that popped up, but I don't think I went like overly hardcore into it. I went overly hardcore into it. I I, <laughs> I played so much. Um, Kel, I know you played the Dragon Quest Monsters remakes on the 3DS with the fan translation. Um, I keep in touch with the guy who did all those fan translations. I've had him on my podcast twice. And... Um, like, I don't hear from him for, like, six months, and then he'll be like, hey, man, are you playing, like, Octopath Traveler 2? And we'll just message back and forth for about three weeks about that. Every message we sent about this game was about B&D. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can scroll back through our Discord chat, and just there's, like, a hundred messages over the span of, like, a month of, like, oh, my God, I'm playing B&D. Did you play B&D? Did you beat this guy? How many, how many wins did you have? What's your record? Did you tie any? Blah, blah, blah. Just kept going on and on. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, they make they make mobile games. Why didn't they make that a mobile game? I would have probably paid real money just to play that as a mobile game. <laughs> I mean, they could have had your gotcha mechanic right there. Um, so yeah, I didn't go as nuts as you, Matt, but I did play it quite a bit. I I think I had to kind of stop myself because I was spending so much time in the B and D. I wasn't getting a lot of progress in the game proper done. No, nope, no, nope, I'm a hundred percent guilty of that. And I was trying to play this for a contest, which I'll talk about later. And yeah, that really hampered my progress on that. Yeah. Um, but that that was a nice little distracting distraction, and some of the mechanics of that are insane. Um, com coming up with your own strategies for it and stuff. But um, that was all of the upgrades from the 3DS that I could find. Um, was there any that I missed? Um, trying to think. I mean, other than just like this, the different class, the different jobs. Uh, I mean, there's no, have there's no airship. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah, because this game did have uh, new, uh, new jobs that were unique to it. Yeah, and know? some jobs that were also just like combinations of uh, previous jobs too. Yeah, which I I kind of appreciate because I. I, I always look at those job lists and just get absolutely overwhelmed. And I feel like every job in this game kind of had its purpose. Hmm. Um, of course, I'm also a notorious min-maxer, so I will pretty much max out as many jobs as I can so that I can uh, hot-swap my builds and experiment with different things. And what made that so great is that there are so many broken builds in this game. And, and many, many broken builds that you can get very early on. Oh, yeah, I remember having... Uh... Just like some great times with some things and like, oh, God, I could just keep exploiting the hell out of this for quite a while. One of the earliest ones I heard about and pretty much used the entire game was that for the Beastmaster job, for every beast you get, you capture, you got a point to, I want to say your base attack stat, but I, I could be wrong. There was something about ca so. catching, yeah, there was something about catching beasts that passively increased your Beastmaster in, in mm. some way. Um, so what I ended up doing was having at least one Beastmaster in my party and have them with the passive uh, animal catching skills so that when you kill an, anal uh, an animal with them, they have a 20% chance to catch whatever it is. Um, so you're basically just kind of gradually increasing the Beastmaster's power throughout the course of the game. And then you 
give a sub job like thief to it where it can do godspeed strike and the damage barrier breaking ability and all of a sudden you're nuking bosses mm-hmm. uh, that that's the the strategy i tended to run with and pretty much ran with the, the entire game but um i i also messed around with other I would, I would get get in there and mess around with jobs um keep keep my beastmaster going and th- that was pretty much it like for me I, like i really i guess again that's a little later like say for the uh, bard class i really like the revenge skill which i believe comes from the red mage that mm-hmm. grants a character an extra uh, default point uh, every time they get well not every time like sometimes when they get hit so they can easily get hit. So they get hit, they get extra break points so they can cast either multiple of whatever abilities to increase your attack power or to decrease enemy abilities. And it's just, I just love to like stack that so that they're all well defended. I guess whatever company, whatever might hit them or increasing their abilities, really neat. The more I think... I'm trying to think of some other, or like using the shield master to just like equip two shields and using the skill that turns defense power into an offensive ability. And that could be really, cause a lot of damage. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had a oh. hard time with that asterisk holder because of that, I believe. And an asterisk holder that I was genuinely surprised that he was a shield master because he wore glasses and looked kind of like a dork. <laughs> Galahad, yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, several look pretty dorky. Well, that's kind of the interesting thing for the, the asterisk holders here. Like, a lot of them just very recently got their asterisks based on the story, which might be why there are very few, like, fewer characters have, like, a name that matches their class, like the last, the, the previous two games. I mean, some of them fit. Um, that being said, man, poor Dab. He he, he looked like <laughs> I knew he was going to be a pompous ass the second that he showed up, and he did not disappoint. <laughs> Trying to uh, remember which one that is. It was the knight that had hair like up to the sky. <laughs> he kind of reminded me of like a Buzz Lightyear type. Right. He has the Australian accent too. Yeah. Yeah. Um. God. Uh, well, let's get into the story a little bit because um, I, I was glued to the story for for quite a while, um, and I accidentally closed my window. Oh no! <laughs> Take a drink. I do this all the time on RPG Cast. I, I had to crack up. Will you pull your window back on? I was looking at the uh, Metacritic scores for these games, and I uh, open up Bravely Default Two, and I scroll down and. It was a good old zero user score. Zero. Game would have been solid if it wasn't for that awful card game. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh man, rude. Isn't isn't the card game like completely optional or am I missing something? Uh, If you want want to get um, that one class. The gambler, gambler, yeah. yeah, you had to. Yeah, it's an optional, like, it's an, I mean, it's an optional class job, but if yep. you want it, then yes, you do have to get, she's apparently, she's not, like, too difficult, but you, like, I don't, I lost to her the first time. Oh, definitely. Uh, I was trying yep. to go for that, so, it possibly into with somebody. Oh, gotcha. Um, uh, the old Final Fantasy IX, Adam, the mandatory card game. Um, I, I thought it was easy enough, and I, even then, you can always look up a strategy if you're that it, it, it took me a few tries to get the gambler from the card game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Still not the reason I'm going to trash this game later. Um, as far as the story goes, uh, so you're, you're following this, the princess Gloria, who comes from a kingdom that was wrecked 
uh, a long time ago. And hello. Sorry, <clears throat> I, I pre-read this, or I pre-read the story. Yeah. Um. So okay, let me back that up. You're playing as Princess Gloria, whose kingdom of Musa was destroyed, and the four crystals were stolen, and they're you know your four Final Fantasy crystals: fire, water, earth, and wind. And Gloria is trying to get the crystals back. And the reason why she's trying to get the crystals back is because there's an ancient e evil called the Knight's Nexus that must be sealed away using the crystals who choose the basically choose the four warriors for light. Um, um, it, it, does this mean that Gloria has heart? Uh, I don't. <laughs> I don't get it. She, she's the chosen of the water crystal, so not quite. Okay, no Captain Planet for us. Um, that that's the story in a nutshell. There's far more to it than that. Like each uh, kingdom kind of has its own little side story that you've got to uh, complete. Which are more interesting than the main story, if you ask me. Yeah. Oh yeah, they were. I, I would say each town, like, it, and you're there for what, like five, six, eight hours in each town. Mm -hmm. There was a whole mm -hmm. lot to do in each town, and yeah, I was. You're right. The overarching story, I was like, whatever. And when we talk about the ending, I'll talk about where I ended up with that. But no, I was fully invested in each one of those cities. Like, oh, man, there's a bad prince. He's getting fooled by somebody. Like, what's going down here? Yeah, no, And that, the trees no, growing through the Wizwald yeah, town. Like, oh, my God, what the heck's going here? Artist. That's all behind yeah. it. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah, that was, yeah, that, the, it went the way the off. little area the towns there. were great. I also liked the fact they were, like, chock full of little hidden treasures everywhere. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I went nuts trying to find all of them. Yep, same here. Um, by the way, that town where the uh, Pictomaster went insane, that's what happens when you pay artists in exposure. Just pointing that out. <laughs> I mean, she kind of said that. Well, she, well, her, her main complaint was just like, no, I was a lonely and nobody appreciated my art. <laughs> was apparently her justification for everything she did in that town. It, it wasn't that good. <laughs> What's bad oh. is being the the pictomancer asterisk, and your art sucks. <laughs> eh, it's it's subjective. It, it comes to life. I mean, I, it's although it's still weird looking. Uh, it's creepy. I'll give her that. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. those paintings, especially like like wipe that somehow like influenced uh, some of the characters. Those were really creepy. Um, the, the 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 game for as beautiful and lighthearted the game comes off, there is some really dark stuff in this game. Yeah, the town where they're throwing people off the ledge because they think that oh, they're yeah. they're Fairy. quote unquote fairies. Um, mm -hmm. Which, by the way, I'm like, oh, this guy is just like a pope. He's definitely going to be evil. <laughs> um, but but that was dark as hell. But then he had the cutest little dragon character that I wanted to hug so much. Um, Get in the bag, Willem. Uh, <laughs> fun fact. Um, before I landed on the the skit that, that you probably heard, I was going to do a word for word parody of the uh, "She's a Witch" bit from Monty Python, only she's a fairy. <laughs> and I was going to do something about what what else flies a bird, what weighs the same as a bird, something, and it, it didn't work. So I'm glad I went with the skit that I did. But you almost got a Monty another Monty Python inspired skit. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I, I could have made it work, but I think the one that I came up with was much better. But plus, uh, what did I say? Uh, steampunk zombie in a pimp coat? Yes. 
um, that made Robert's whole night. Anyway, c- continuing. So yeah, you got all the little sub stories and that, and then eventually you go beat the big bad, and then you find out that Gloria has to sacrifice herself. I'm getting into spoiler territory, by the way. You find out that Gloria has to sacrifice herself in order to beat the big bad, and you think you're beating the game, and then you get this bad ending and then suddenly the game pulls a clue and is like, that's how it could have happened. It was, it was a vision from your book. I forgot to mention the book at the beginning. Elvis has this book that lights up when an asterisk uh, is placed with it. And he's basically trying to fill out the book. This will be important later. Um, So you're trying, you need to try to figure out how to beat the uh, big bad. I forgot what it was called. The Knight's Nexus. Yeah. The Knight's Nexus. So you go to, the fairy place because uh, also spoilers, Adelaide is a fairy. Um, you find that out during the uh, throwing fairies off of yes. Cliff's Ark. By and the I way. should have seen that coming because her name starts with the letter A just like the previous game's fairies. Oh, I did. Oh, I did not see that coming. Nope. It's just like, okay, you that have Aerie, was... Aerie the first game, Anya in the second game, so Adele in this game. So, oh, geez, yeah, yes, you go to the fairy place, um, you fight another boss, and then the fairy place ends up stuck in a time loop so that it it can seal away the Knight's Nexus. And um, Adelaide and Elvis get separated by the barrier, and that's when they confess their love for each other. And then that's another quote-unquote bad ending. And the game pulls another clue, and is like, that's how also how it could have happened. And at this point, you kind of realize that something's going on. And you find out that the book um, was once a a scholar that went nuts trying to find all the world's knowledge. Um, I'm I'm trying to paraphrase this very quick, by the way, because I think there was a little bit more to it than that. It's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's basically, she was apparently the princess of Musa long ago. Right. Specifically. But, um, so you find... I try to remember my train of thought. So the Knight's Nexus is fed by that knowledge. And in order to defeat the Knight's Nexus for good, you have to do something about the book. And this is where the game's fourth wall breaking bit comes into place because every Bravely game has had a fourth wall breaking bit. Um, mm-hmm. the, the spoilers for the first two games, the first game was uh, sending players from other, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong on this, Cassandra, it was something about players from other worlds helping you fight. Yeah, helping you fight the uh, the, the last boss, Ouroboros. Which, which, by the way, every time I have tried to beat that game, my DS has died on me. Do you need a better battery? You could just plug it in and play with what's it's plugged <laughs> in. Just happened to be bad timing where I didn't have the, a plug available. And ah, so I see. Like three, th- three. Well, one time it crashed. One time I, I like lost a save or something. No, the game froze. So yeah, I still haven't beaten Bravely Default One because of issues. But at least I've gotten to the last boss. It's just like that. Bo- that boss fight is mm. so long that it, it actually, yeah, it, it actually will drain. It actually drained the battery from full charge. But yeah, yeah. Other than the other players helping, also there's the revelation that the uh, celestial realm is the real world, and you, the player, are a god guiding the characters. Oh, I've gosh, it's been so long. I completely forgot about that. Yes, and this carries over into Bravely Second as well. You're and I, I think, 
I think it's the sort of the same in Bravely Default too, but it's much, much more subtle. The characters never acknowledge that you there's another force out there. You're just kind of more along for the ride this time around. But there are a few instances in which the characters will speak directly to the screen. Yeah, I remember that, and I remember the send player thing. Yeah, when the bad ending happened there, where you start the game over. Over the new game plus. Um, I'm trying to figure out how what the, what the hat or what happens and then i see on the title screen send player and i'm like what do you mean send player because i had never used that function in the entirety of the game up until that point and i don't even remember the bravely, what that or- the, bra- the bravely second mechanic you mean yeah i don't even remember what that did you could uh isn't it like a recruiting friends no the bravely second mechanic like uh let you uh like kind of inter it's a little hard to explain. It kind of like stopped time, so you could use an additional ability. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I never used it. And you so, need, and that's first... basically how you continue the story. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, and I mean, I'm describing these fourth wall breaking mechanics because I thought that this third game's fourth wall breaking mechanic was pure genius, because you find out that you have to delete the memories of this book. I'm spraking my brain trying to think, well, what do you mean delete their memories? And then you notice that there's an extra save file that wasn't there before. Yes. And it's and, like and you can you can actually see that early before this revelation. And I clicked on that and it was just it gets this weird distorted view when you click on it. And it's like something out of a creepy pasta. So that's really clever. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know about you, but I'm really funny about my save files. I remember when the uh, second game was pretending to delete my save file and <laughs> I thought I had a panic attack. Ah, yes. During the last I, boss fight. That's really amazing. Of course, bear bear in mind, during that second game, I had my wisdom teeth out and I was high on painkillers, so that probably didn't help. (laughs) But, um, yeah, deleting the save file, uh, and and that's how you continue, and then you beat... Yeah, because the nice nexus can bring itself back to life because it's save scumming. That's pretty pretty clever. It's save scumming. (laughs) It's starting over from the... From the from the last save, and that's how it keeps coming back to life. It's brilliant. I, I, you know, I, I like the game doesn't explain this, but I'm pretty sure the implication is that um, so the person that the nice nexus used to be was a princess named Inanna, and I think she came across a revelation that their world is nothing but a video game, and that drove her to madness. Is my theory. That that's a good theory. I, I love that. But um, sorry, what'd you say, Bet? You kind of cut out a little bit. I, I was gonna. I started to say something. She was a princess, but wasn't she also like a librarian and trying to get all the knowledge in the world? Yes, because the 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 book is also an unobtainable asterisk. It's the librarian asterisk. Mm-hmm. So she was oh. also. So yeah, she she was a princess and a librarian and and i guess the revelation of the, the that revelation all that knowledge warped turns becoming a, a the, the night's nexus she learned too much she learned too much about the world <laughs> it's just knowledge some things you're power. not meant to know because uh, too, too much knowledge is yeah because in like the, in the, the the first two games like while they're this was fourth wall breaking the characters never realize they're in a game it's just it's just you know it's just you the player that knows this and it's not like you can talk to them directly uh well i'm not sure where i was going with that <laughs> No, that that's oh. a really good fan theory, though. <laughs> oh, I guess, but because she might have learned that, that their world is just a game, she went mad and turned into a monster. Yeah, I love that fan theory. That's that's going to be my headcanon now. <laughs> um, so yeah, w- once you do that, then you can finally defeat the Knights Nexus for good and all of all of that fun stuff. 
Um, mm-hmm. and, and like like I've said, I I love this third story or this third game story because the first game I really got soured by that repetitive bit. Yes, it, it, like I I feel like in in several in a couple of ways the first game story is stronger, but that repetition does it's just really really drags out that game. And then for some reason I I couldn't tell you why for some reason I w- I couldn't get into the second game as much as I would have liked. And I don't know. I, I think that was more a me problem at the time and not necessarily the game, but I just had a hard time getting into that second game story. So this this third game, you know, the, the fact that kind of each town had their own little problems that you had to solve, you know, it, it, it's JRPG 101 stuff, but to be honest, that's the stuff that I love the most. Yes, I. It, it, meanwhile, I still think the Bravely Second has the stronger story of the three. But again, I do like the individuals, like individual town stories in Bravely Default too. And I do like the clever, like the clever fourth wall breaks uh, that occurred because of the Knights Nexus. Also, during that last fight, uh, you have like the Knights Nexus erases their memory, and then it is Seth that has to remind them of who they are and then it like you, you do that part where it like you press the uh, brave set, like button a bunch of times and then it like the music swells and then you're able to get like a second win to take on the knight's nexus during its uh, second form that, that that is pretty neat and i do like that at least something pretty like really amazing happens during this final boss fight although again it's a kind of a trademark of the series by now yeah they've always had epic boss fights that just really Kind of, kind of hammer home that you're playing a video game, but also just have those F yeah moments where mm-hmm. you, you want to stand up and cheer. Yes. Um, uh, Matt, you got real quiet. Did you want to add anything? Oh, no. Nope, you're good. Okay. I was just uh, listening to y'all. Because <laughs> that's that's basically kind of the story, the story in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also couldn't get over how beautiful this game was. I don't know if I mentioned that yet. It's a very nice looking game. Yes, it is. I love how like the towns were very storybooky to me. Yeah, like I pop up storybook. It, the the I know it wasn't. I mean, it, it's a 3D game, but um, much like the I mean, the original ones on the 3DS had that kind of going for it too. As you're walking through yes. the town, it kind of felt like they were cutouts, and you're going in between things and whatnot. Yeah, it was really neat to see that up, like that still carry over into this game on you know on a on a lar- on a stronger platform in an HD. Correct. Yeah, and I'm glad that it still carries that because it's like it's a it's a neat trade. It's like a trademark of the series by now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny you mentioned the storybook stuff because it t- to me it was kind of you know it looked fine on the 3DS, but then seeing those towns and how they are built and on this version. I was like sitting there racking my brain trying to figure out how they got that to work to the point where I was going to my husband and asking him like, Hey, you you program stuff. How did they do this? And we kind of figured out that it was a little bit of 3d trickery combined with, um, and I can't even remember the technological term that uh, bind boxing to keep the player in the area and just they probably built a bunch of that stuff and put it in layers. But it, it looks so seamless that it looked like magic. Ah. <laughs> uh, and and for, forgive me, I, I'm one of those people that, that now anytime I see a game that does neat visual effects like that, I'm just sitting in their gobs back like, how did they do this? Uh, I, I love the um, love the story the storybook looking towns. They're so pretty. Not so much when I can't find that last freaking chest in an area. <laughs> yeah, that can be. That's a bit frustrating. 
I think in then I'm blanking on the name Wiswold. Wiswold, yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah. I think in Wiswold, I think I trekked around that area for like an hour trying to find that last chest there. Yeah, those tree branches get a little confusing. So. <laughs> Um, like which ones can you walk on and access from where? Yeah. Um, I, I, some other neat neat things about this game that I, I just thought it was funny that they they put in a grass cutting mechanic. Um, so if you're a Zelda, <laughs> yeah. if you're a Zelda fan and have to cut every <laughs> single blade of grass in Hyrule, well, there's there a lot. Of, there's a lot of grass to cut in this game. Um, that they cordon off some stuff using uh, like map obstacles that you have to learn certain abilities to get through. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where Truff comes in, uh, who teaches you a bunch of that stuff. Truff is um, adorable. Yes, um, and he, there's a like uh, interesting thing about Truff. He doesn't look like the orcs in this game. He looks like the orcs in Bravely Default and Bravely Second, which made me think, surely this is gonna tie into those previous games, and nothing came of that. Huh. Um, like, like, I mean, there's already like there's a little bit of multiverse shenanigans going on because uh, the concept of excellent is like the oceans beyond it connect to other worlds. But they, if if Lux and Dark is somewhere beyond that ocean, they never say. And Seth could possibly be from Lux and Dark because he's the only one in the game with an American accent. Right. Oh, that that's a good point. And he's from another world. But if he's from Lux and Dark, they never say. It's I don't know. It's just like there there are chances they could have tied it into the, at least a little bit and. It's at best a very slight nod, not even a nod, just like a. Did you should nod your? Did you just shake your head a little? Maybe. Yeah, because Seth is the only is basically your uh, boy with amnesia in this game, isn't he? Well, he doesn't have amnesia, but he is not from the excellent. He doesn't recognize okay. the continent at all. But he doesn't say where he's from, just that he's a sailor. Okay, and gotcha. he's apparently from another world. And the reason he's able to go to where the Knights Nexus is is because he's from another world, and he can transverse like the ocean to travel to other worlds. But where is this other world? Who knows? Okay, gotcha. Um, I, I just remember the game starting out with with him uh, being knocked out on the shore, Adol style. Yes, yeah, because he was he actually he had died drowning, but the wind crystal brought him back. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, this time it's not the player bringing characters back to life. It was the, one of the crystals. You're just kind of watching. Um, I, I appreciate that the that there's so much stuff to do and explore on the world map. That it's yeah. not just a place to go from point A to point B. That it's a no. There was uh, a lot of exploration. That was uh, a yeah. that's always fun. And there was a lot of going back to things too for some of the side quests. Some of those bosses for those side quests were were killer though. Yeah. Um, uh, I want to say the, the one one of the ones in the desert area, the scorpion, gave me a lot of trouble. One of the ones in yes. the storm in the snow area that I think was called Storm and Yorman. Oh, that yeah. <laughs> oh yes, I remember having to like wait till the end of the game to try to take that on, because there's also these. I, I think it's one of those. There's these monsters. No, that was a part of the quest. But there are these monsters. They're like I forget this technical name. They're like these special monsters. They they stand still and they look like ordinary encounters, but they're actually like these secret boss fights that drop good equipment. I think. Mm-hmm. And they are tough. Yeah, a lot of times I had to like take a mental note as to where they were to come back later to beat them. Because uh, I was playing on easy, and that combined with just doing some of my game breaking combos was uh, enough to get me through those bosses. But that one, I had such a hard time with, and I think I eventually had to look up a strategy. And even then, it took 
it, it took me, I feel like, an entire Sunday to beat. Yes. I, I, I feel like I'm exaggerating. So I, I, I might I'm, have to look at the strategy, too. I don't recall. No, the, the, yeah. that, worm, that giant worm was really hard. Um, the rest of them, I, I was able to beat without too much issue. And yeah, the, the most frustrating part is that all of the, those bosses drop good uh, weapons and stuff. That one just drops a monster treat. One of the monster treats that can uh, attract all of them, not just a specific one, because that that's one of the things in this game is that you get uh, monster treats that um, you use to attract monster certain monsters so that you can get a high battle chain. And there's one specific treat that will attract any of them. And they're hard to get and they're highly sought after because they're great grinding things. Uh and I'm glad I brought that up. Let's let's talk about grinding. Did you guys do a lot of JP or EXP grinding? I, I did for JP because I wanted to max out all the uh, the jobs. Yeah, um, I didn't max them out, yeah, like but the, I grinded. Yeah, because uh, that that one coast, I think I had spent more time in that coast than any town in the game because um, I read very early on that you could easily round up a bunch of monsters in a corner on that coast. And I, w- I would just spend hours h- hurting monsters to get into the corner to do like a tin, <laughs> tin chain at nighttime because I think you got more experience at night. Because the monsters t- were harder, technically. Yeah. yeah. And would just sit there and, okay, every time a new, a new job, I'm going to go at least grind this up until I get an ability I want. And I think my timer is around 100 hours because of this. Oh, my. I, I, you know, I should have looked. I, I booted up the game um, earlier this afternoon, mainly because I was trying to remember what classes I play. I played the most, and <laughs> one, I never looked at my timer. Two, I was sitting there going, "Why are all my dudes beastmasters? What was I thinking?" <laughs> oh, the 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 uh, captured monsters exploit. Okay, now I know what I was doing. Um, it's a very interesting experience going back to a save file that was two years ago and trying to remember what you what you were trying to accomplish with certain builds. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just looking at my saves for like I like I had one right before the final boss. I beat that again, and uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I just maxed out all my all the J, all the JP. I think what I did was that I went to places where there was a lot of the uh, these, they have enemies called Wiki Wikis that look like weird kiwi birds. They're basically metal slimes. And using the, uh, the the I think it's the um the brave bear's ability to like wipe out any enemy as soon as they are on screen because those guys of course like to run away and they're high evasion and all that fun stuff. So I ground out my last JP that way, as I recall. I don't remember those wiki wikis. They're rare, too. I'm, I'm sure I ran into them at some point, but whether or not I, I beat any of them is another, another thing entirely. Uh, and they probably don't, uh, none of the monster treats probably work on them, do they? I Probably not. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I never tried. I didn't uh, use the treats very often. I just would just kind of... I, I really them. didn't either. I, I tried it and all it did was just annoy me. <laughs> Oh, I, I used them quite a bit. I I used those treats for pretty hardcore. I was like, basically, was it like if I didn't if I had treats, I did not have treats. <laughs> um, it, it felt like I never had enough of them at any given time, or I I used them all up because I would get so bored with being on that coastline that I would try to find other places, particularly with orcs, uh, that I could I could grind monsters on, and sometimes it worked, and sometimes none of the orcs would spawn. So it's like okay, back to that coast. 
and and Matt sounds like he didn't grind a bit. <laughs> oh no, I did. I, I did a little bit in the desert. There was um, gosh, there was a monster. Some I was actually looking this up here. So in Savalon, you could go into the sewers or down. There was a cave on the right side of the city, cave or sewers, and that led. If if you went all the way to the end, you went outside and there was some sort of fire lizard or something out there. And I just remember walking in and out of that area dozens of times to fight more and more and more of that one. I remember grinding there and then, yeah, in the desert towards the beginning, definitely chaining the battles. Because uh, that's that's one interesting thing about playing a game when it's released is that you're pretty much discovering stuff along with the rest of the people, aside from maybe people that got it early for review. And I'm sure by now there's much more expertly crafted grinding strategies that would just blow our minds mm-hmm. away if we had played it. If we played it now. Um, <laughs> I, I usually don't replay games but I would probably replay this one in maybe like 10 years just for the nostalgia. Oh, it was good. It was definitely mm-hmm. very good. Um, and, and and I I don't know if I said this yet. Ravo came back for the music. Yes. Uh, I, I'll, again, I, I kind of think it's a, a little weaker compared to the first game. I think it's because the town themes didn't stick out as much as that game did. But there's still a lot of good music. The boss themes are excellent. The The final boss theme is exquisite. And I remember like the ending theme I didn't quite like as much as the first games. But there's a section of it that just builds. And uh, I'll get into that a little bit of memory. But I really did enjoy I do enjoy the uh, ending theme. But especially the final boss is probably my favorite piece of music in this game. And I feel bad because I wish I could remember more of the music in it. Um, I don't know why, as I've gotten older, I have trouble remembering game music. Mm. But that, that's that's a me problem. Um, have, have I missed anything else? I know we've been talking for quite a while. Uh, there's a there's a kind of there's, I I don't know where else to fit this in, but there's some fun things you can do either on a new game plus. Or I think these can happen if you just grind your characters like crazy. But during the prologue, you have a hopeless fight against uh, seemingly the, oh, the first main. Yes. You seem like the first main bad guy, Adam. He's the emperor of a holograd, or I think he calls himself the Lord Commander for some reason. It has the Hellblade asterisk. Oh. You have to, you normally lose that fight, but if you're on a new game plus and you carry over all your levels and your jobs and such, you can beat him. And then he goes, it's, "This is impossible." And then the game cuts to. Uh, Adele's sister, Edna, who says, oh, well, okay, Adam's gone. Now what do we do? And then she seemingly gets orders going, huh? Invade another world or invade the outside world. I think she says, yeah, she says invade the outside world. And then she smiles evilly at the camera, i.e. at you, the player, implying that, whoops, you, sequence break game. Now they're going to invade the real world. And oh then, my God. Like, yes. And then like you get like this weird, like a very long list of names, like a very rushed credits and the game over music plays while <laughs> those credits are rolling and then you get a message saying no you have to lose to adam and then you and then you restart from right before you fight adam so if you're on a new game plus and you're like your characters are decked out you're gonna have to like remove all of your special skills and your equipment just so you can lose that battle okay that's cool yes and and there's there's like another instance um in Wizwald, you when you first enter the tower, you're you meet Galahad, the Shield Master, and he's like he's being mind controlled by the Pictomancer Folly, and he's supposed to be impossible to beat because he has just ridiculously high defenses. And after a few turns, 
uh, you kind of stop the battle and you have to figure out another way to get into the tower. But again, if you're on a new game plus, or I guess if you grind like crazy and you beat them instead, Folly will appear. She'll speak to the camera and basically says, no, this is impossible. This is not supposed to happen. And then I'll make it like it never happened. So she seems to paint the screen and then you return back to right before you enter the tower to fight them. <laughs> That's I, I like, that is hilarious. Like, I find that hilarious. That kind of stuff hilarious. No, I love the non-standard game over. <laughs> Yep. Especially when the, when the developers do clever stuff like that, because mm -hmm. that looking at the camera invading another world thing that that would freak me out. And that's yeah, and that's only brave, like maybe not only bravely, but at least I've I've only seen that in bravely games where it's just like I'm going to invade the real world somehow. I I've only seen that in games that are deliberately winking winking and nodding to the camera like Undertale. Mm -hmm. I've I've never seen it in a just a normal RPG. Yep, only in Bravely. <laughs> That's brilliant. So, so have, have I missed anything? Are we almost ready for the roundtable? I think we could move on. The, the one, mm -hmm. Good the, spot. The one thing that I have not looked up yet is the prices. I imagine that it's still pretty up there. I'm pulling up Steam right now. Um, you can get a used copy off of Amazon for 35 bucks, or maybe as cheap as 30 if you go to eBay. It is $60 on Steam. Ah, uh, square tax. <laughs> Although I, I, think it, well, it, I think it did hit their most recent sale, so... Yeah, to keep an eye, it's it's going to whenever Square has a sale, it should it's it's is part of their sale list. Yeah, and it's it's still sixty dollars on the eShop too. So I would probably, I mean, unless you're dying to play something, I would wait for a sale. It usually goes it goes down to thirty, or you can pick up a used physical copy for around that price too. But oh, uh, I, it looks like uh doesn't go much below $42 actually on uh, digital. Yeah. Like, very, very infrequently in an eShop, it's never really gone below 40 so. Um, certainly, it certainly isn't like Octopath, which, which I don't think has ever had a price drop. The original or the second? The original. I, I learned uh, that recently. Not a lot, especially not in the past couple of years here. Yeah. I, would you pull up a, a history? Yeah, I'm looking at like... Um, but the, the nice thing about this game is that you don't have to have any prior knowledge of the other games in the series to be able to enjoy it. You can go in, mm -hmm. completely enjoy the series, and you're going to have a damn good time. Um, I, I know that people love to complain that they want their old Final Fantasy back with the uh, you know classic spells, classic turn-based action, and all that. Um I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but this game, this series right here, and uh, Octopath is where that stuff is gone. <laughs> the brave bearer of bad news. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. And you know what? I'm okay with that. But you're right. I have enjoyed both Octopaths immensely, and these three games. You know, it, this is where I get my job fix on mm -hmm. all these games and great. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of other games out there with job systems. Yeah, yeah. Mary Skelter. <laughs> Sorry, I've been playing Mary Skelter a lot recently. You're just pining for that Mary Skelter backtrack, aren't you? Totally. I'm all. I, I'm. I'm here for a lot of the more questionable ones. Like I'm still signed up to do the Criminal Girls one whenever we allow it. Oh well, I mean, we still want to do it. I just need more than you to be able to play it. <laughs> 
and I, I have both of them, and I've booted them up before. I was just like, you know what? I want to play something else right now. One of these days. Um, yeah. So, so you say if you want that classic Final Fantasy turn-based action, um, you know, you, you booted up Final Fantasy 16, and you're just not feeling it. Th- this is the series where you need to go. And as yes, as much as I much love, so. as much as I love my old Final Fantasies, as much as the next person. Um, um, like Matt said, I'm kind of okay with this being the their, their turn-based series now. It, it gives them more room to play around with with the mainline Final Fantasy games, and these games are so good. I, I don't even care, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure I'm not if the I, only person that feels that way. Yeah. If it was five Final Fantasy by any other name, would it play as sweet? The answer is yes. <laughs> yes, it would. Yeah. Um, Oh, that being said, um, we are going to have another brief musical interlude with Ravo, and then we'll come back, and then I'll finally get Tam to tell the story that he's been hyping up, along with our other memories. So we'll be right back. Welcome back to RPG Backtrack, where we are now going to get into the roundtable, talking about our memories, our thoughts, our favorite things, our personal feelings about the game, and this epic story that Tam has been teasing since, since I think since he put, put his name on the list for this show. Am I wrong? Uh, I, I I will praise this game, but I am a, I am I will trash this game for this. This is the one thing in this game I will trash. And there's um, well, a reason for it, and I think it's specific to the version I was playing, which I will go into during the story. So, um just try to answer what you can. Just first question, obviously, what was your favorite class? Uh, so for me it was the bard, as I mentioned earlier. Again, I just love it. it's got the best buffs. And I just love to like combine it with other classes, like the um, the uh, the spirit master class is especially a good one to team it up with. The oracle can work well, and white mage. Yes, I quite like it. Did Did you end up with a class in your time you did play, Tam? Um, I I so my mine are purely aesthetic reasons. I really like the gambler outfit on on the ladies. Oh, of course. <laughs> I, 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 there, people who know me know I am a very shallow person. No, I know. I, I, I know and understand and would never judge because people like what they like. And I, and those, I'm just, and those dresses were pretty. Like the design of the dresses were pretty. I'm, I'm very aesthetically minded, and I really like the look of their outfits. So I, I personally enjoyed the gambler. I did not I, like unlocking the gambler because I was <laughs> that. That took me like an hour to finally beat her but like i had to go get other car cards and stuff but yeah no i i i really enjoyed i just enjoyed the aesthetics of the gambler outfit and, and i can't fault you for this because i think yuna was my first gay crush specifically because of the uh the outfits in final fantasy 10 too so there you go um 
Matt, Matt, what are yours? I'll go last. So I did put the uh, shield bearer on there, or shield master, I guess it was. Um, and I use that defensively and offensively. Like we said, that if you double up the shields, um, you can do some good stuff. But I, I've, I've been trying to go through here and look at the different things. I, uh, it was the berserker that, like, my goodness, I always had one or two berserkers. And did they, each person have, like, a special ability that you only had when you were that class or something? I don't remember. Like, I know they pierce, they pierce the default, as I recall. All right, because I'm, I'm reading the abilities, and it said the Berserker's fixed commands are savagery, and I don't understand what that means. But, like, I, I just remember, and it was glass cannon. Um, I, I had to revive my Berserkers quite a bit, but I would just plow through physically with them. Uh, no, nothing like an OP physical fighter in an RPG, right? Oh, this might have been yes, it. I, um, I had a strategy around uh, using a berserker for one of those like like boss monsters on the overfield, like one that looked like a horse. So I, I did, uh, but I know that it involved heavily around having a berserker do a lot of the damage against it. What is this? Is it the attacking abilities? There's a free for all passive. The attacking abilities performed at random will berserk do not cost anything. I feel like that might have been it. That I was just really glass canning, using glass cannon techni- the techniques with zero cost, but they hurt. Because <laughs> I I did forget to mention when we was talking about the gameplay that. They put a lot of counterattack moves in this game oh, for yes. bosses. And the intention is that, say, you're not just brute forcing them. You've actually got to think about your strategy and kind of, you know, if you're like me and have your favorites, you're going to have a bad time. because they're Which just is gonna... what killed my berserker so much. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, yes. Oh no, I, I'd forgotten about that until you just said yeah, that. I'm like, so did oh, I, yeah, yeah. that's what was killing my berserker so much because yeah. you get the blowback or. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some of the st- some of that stuff is rage inducing. I'm sure that T- Tam would say that, but at the same time, I appreciate it when an RPG makes you think about mm-hmm. how you're going to take on a boss. Yes, like uh, like one that comes up a lot is like using white mage ability gets some kind of bad counter. So that would it's probably to like okay, I better focus on using the salve maker maybe to use better healing items or even the uh, spirit master to do healing over time as opposed to purely just using white mage abilities. Yep. Uh, and that being said, my my favorite class is the Beastmaster because um, I one I like their aesthetic. They all work. They all wear cat ears. They, the had, cat- they were different animals, I think, weren't they? It was like I, Seth was a dog. You know, I, I think Adele was right. a cat, and uh, Elvis was a fox, and I believe Gloria just was a bear, just like Annie Hall, the who who, who was the bearer of the asterisk. Ah, uh, puns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. They're, they're still yeah. Um, not not all the characters have puns this time around, but there are still a couple. <laughs> you're right. Um, so, sorry, when I briefly glanced at it this morning, when I when I pulled up my cell phone, it all looked like cat ears to me. Yeah, I think only Adele is a cat. Uh, but um, I, I mean, aside from the the cute animal aesthetic, like I said, it it had that uh, animal capture ability that raised your stats passively, and you could get pretty broken pretty quickly with that. And but I did not run with that the entire game. I honestly couldn't tell you what some of the combinations I used was because I, I mixed it up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I used that that last job that you unlocked. I think it's the Brave Mancer. 
brave ba- brave bear brave yeah, bear bra- right um quite quite a bit because that one's pretty broken yes like it has an ability where you do uh, like a, a damage depending on either how many enemies you defeated and another one for how long you played the game and i i'm pretty sure i clocked like a how much did i clock it well over 100 hours so i do a ton of damage with that yeah yeah so that one's pretty fun to play around with but just just overall beastmaster because because it's cute and it's cute and OP. Um, moving on, did, did you guys have a favorite character? Uh, so for me, it was Adele. Uh, again, she's just cool. I, I think she's cool and she's very snarky. Yep. So I like that about her. Yep. She, I like the. Uh, oh, go ahead. No, no, she's just she's your deadpan snarker this game. Mm-hmm. And that that makes her awesome. Mm-hmm. I liked uh, Elvis. You know, it seemed like they were setting him up to be like the womanizing kind of character you get in a lot of JRPGs, and he wasn't. Um, no, he, he does like to drink a lot, though. Yes, he, he, he does. He's yeah. the boozer. He's definitely that. He's definitely the boozer. But um, yeah, just that Scottish voice, and I, I, I love that accent. And, and Elvis, fun. Elvis is my favorite, Matt, just because he just seemed like an overall fun guy. Um, he was, yes. You know, in in a way, he's kind of like the alternate universe version of the lady that got uh, all the knowledge trapped in the book, and that he's he's hunting for knowledge, but he's just doing it for fun, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. And like Matt said, I loved the Scottish accent; it was so adorable, and he just he just seemed like such a fun, squishy guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I can't help but I'm smiling ear ear to ear right now because I'm thinking about how cool he was in the <laughs> game. Um, so that was my favorite character. I I really liked Adele and her snark as well. I, I have I have a friend who uh pretty much pers- personifies uh Adele in real life, and and her snark is is well known within my friend group. Yep. You know what's funny? I I've heard people pronounce that character's name Adelaide. It, they, I'm pretty sure they pronounce it Adele in the game. Yeah, that's I kind of I... thought maybe there was some kind of I thought maybe there might be some kind of singer theme with the characters, but then Seth doesn't really fit in. I, I, unless there's like a famous musician named Seth I don't know about. Huh, I didn't uh, notice that either. To, to Elvis's even. last name is Leslie. I mean, Elvis Leslie. Come on. Yeah, they knew what they were doing. <laughs> yeah, um... Considering how I, how many games I have played, um, where they don't even know how to pronounce, like there there was a game I was watching Paul's play on our on our channel, and I forget what the character's name was, but I'm sitting there and the game was mispronouncing, and it. it's like a super common name, and I'm like, that is not how that's pronounced. It drives me up the wall. I made co- controversial opinion, but uh, t- Titus till I die, you know, Titus Titus. Mm-hmm. But that—that's how I feel, and yeah, I—I I, I prefer Ad- Adele. I don't know where they got Adelaide, but who knows? Maybe they're playing with the volume down. Um, it might be because maybe. of the double L. It might be because of the double L, because usually Adele is only one L. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Maybe maybe they're not big fans of the singer and wanted to separate. That could also maybe be. maybe it could be any reason. Um, that that being said, did you guys have a favorite area in the game? Uh, again, if I guess I had to pick one, uh, it'd be Magmel, which is the uh, the village of the, the hidden fairy village. 
because it's pretty there. And I, I just kind of like the novel idea that since the first two games made fairies all like out to be kind of evil. It's kind of neat to not only have Adele, but a village full of good fairies in this game. Yeah, that, that was pretty. I enjoyed my time there. Um, that that being said, I think I liked Wiswell the best, um, just because I, I like the giant tree aesthetic. And to me, that one was the most uh, 3D of the air areas that was kind of fun to go into the foreground and background. Um, mm-hmm. Like I like I said, not so much when I was tearing my hair out trying to find the treasure chest, but um, you know, you know, that's not necessarily the the level's fault. Mm-hmm. Um, just a, just a beautiful area, and it was really hard to pick because this game is just a treat for the eyes. Yeah, and I'll I'll, I'll be the basic bitch here and say that I really liked just the desert. It was, I mean, the demo itself was really cool, and. Then getting to that, because that was like the second zone in the game, and it was just impressive. I liked seeing the, there's like clouds of sand just going past you, and the shadows from the clouds above, and the water was a very stark contrast to the desert areas, and... I don't know, maybe it's because I could chain a lot of attacks there, too. Yeah. <laughs> or chain a lot of battles. Um, I, I don't know about you guys, but when people say that Switch games look bad, it kind of annoys me in the same way that people used to say that Genesis games looked bad. Because when people know what they are doing on either of those systems, some of those games on those systems could look beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, this is an example of a Switch game that looks beautiful. Um, t- t- Tam, did you have anything? Unfortunately, not for for area because uh, I, 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 none of the areas really like spoke to me or anything. Oh, that's fair. Um, and and now we're we're gonna go into the f- final question, which is always, uh, what were your memories while you was playing this game? And Tam, you're gonna go last since you've yes. got the most epic story. <laughs> I'm gonna go first because honestly, I can't remember what the hell I was doing when I was playing this game. Um. I just remember playing it. The only distinct memory I have is that entire, what felt like an entire Sunday where I was stuck on that uh, worm boss. But uh, other than that, I don't know if that February of 2021, when this came out, was a, was <laughs> must have not been very interesting for me because I, I don't have any associative memories with this. And that's not necessarily <laughs> a bad thing. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm very boring this time around. Okay, I had, I mean, I had a distinct memory of beating the game the first time, because uh, unfortunately, I had a uh, splitting headache, a migraine that day, and I was just annoyed with it, because it's just like, I'm enjoying this game, I have it, I'm playing it on the TV, because it's the final boss, and then I beat the boss with a splitting headache, and then I heard, like, the ending theme song, and, like, I want to enjoy this, stupid headache is bothering me, and I remember being so excited, because there's a part of the music where it it's a direct callback to the ending theme to the first Bravely Default. And I just got so excited hearing that. And then the very last line is exactly the same. Hikari e mukau bara do. And I'm just like, I, and I just like being really annoyed with my headache. Just like, I can't enjoy this. Thank you, headache. Ah. <laughs> I've, I've been there and it sucks. Like I did eventually replay that part without the headache, but just like that very first time, it's like a quite what a memory to associate with it. Just a splitting headache. Gaming migraines are the worst, especially when mm-hmm. all you want to do is game and your brain is just being a jerk. 
Like, I want to enjoy this music. I want to enjoy this ending. Uh. Um, how, how about you, Matt? Because uh, I know you said that the first games were, uh, you reminded you of your son. Yeah, the first two games, I, I might have played between the hours of midnight and 4 a.m., like the whole darn games. Um, but this one was definitely more of a daylight game. But um, this was part of a contest I do. And you know, we, we actually, I think this kind of ended our contests. But from like 2017, my uh, buddy Yangus and I, who I do my Slime Time side quest episodes with, he and I will play a game and we're like, all right, we're going to start it on this day, you know, and see who finishes first. And we both met at a internet gaming forum years ago and we'll start a new topic on that forum and just post where we are and how we're doing and see who wins. Uh, the first time, I want to say it was 2017, we finally played Trails in the Sky, and he, he kind of dumped out after about halfway through, and I made it through, beat the whole game, really liked it. The next year, we did Romancing Saga 2, and it was the opposite. He just loved playing all the different scenarios, and I, I think I played like 20 hours. I'm like, I haven't even beat a boss yet. Um, by the time we got to 2021... Um, Yakuza Like a Dragon had come out at the end of the previous, at the end of 2020, and neither of us had gotten it. Um, and then I, I think kind of randomly right around February, we we're like, oh yeah, maybe we should give this a go, but oh gosh, Bravely Default 2 is coming out. Um, so we decided, all right, we're going to make this epic. We're going to do a Bravely Yakuza Like a Default contest. <laughs> we're going to, you know, who can beat both of these first? Um, got to be able to get a roll credits in both games to do it. And I got started like a day early. It was like he had some shipping problems. We were like supposed to start Saturday, but I didn't. I missed a message or something. So I'm like playing Saturday night. And the next morning he's like, oh, yeah, man, my game's finally coming today. We can get started. I was like, oh, shit, because I was already like three hours in. Didn't make much of a difference because he like breezed through Yakuza like a dragon, put in a ton of hours in. Um, I think he beat it just a little bit after I beat Bravely Default 2. And then he went on and did Bravely Default 2 back to back. And I fell asleep too many times playing Yakuza like a dragon on the PS4 at night. <laughs> really enjoyed it. But after about like 15 hours, I was I was like, oh, my gosh, I keep falling asleep, sitting on the couch, everything every night playing this game. Um, but, yeah, it was memories playing this and chatting with him all the time. And then, uh, like I said earlier, talking with that one translator, I know just uh, comparing our B&D stats for months. <laughs> How hard, how hardcore are you guys about that contest? Do you like have to put, post your screenshot or po- oh, post no. a smartphone picture of the ending screen with the, the, the day's newspaper? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, and to be honest, I think almost ever. I can't remember if because we did it for like four years, twenty seven or maybe five years, twenty seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Um, I honestly don't know if there was any game that we both finished in the same year. Okay. We kept picking these games that were like, oh, we're both going to like this and we'll play it. And it would always be, you know, it's not like anybody beat it. And then the other guy beat it two days later. It was like, oh, I beat it. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to continue on this game. <laughs> so someone was always winning by default, even though someone was always winning. <laughs> hey, oh, yeah, there we go. I bravely okay. did it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Sorry, you know, I'm a dad. I'm contractually obligated to make jokes like this. (laughs) That was a good one, too. (laughs) Oh, I I mean, I'm glad that you guys are all friendly with it. I could just see me and my husband trying to do one of these contests and just how competitive we would get. (laughs) You're like, you faked that screenshot. No, I didn't. (laughs) That kind of stuff. 
um, okay, finally, I, I have to know what is going on with this game in UTAM. All right, so I picked this game up around the same time ever all of us were picking it up um, uh, when it re- ran out release. So I was I was kind of playing along with everybody, not really, you know, just you know, but. Um, I bought the digital version. I did not get a physical copy. I think that's where my thing came in. So, you know, I'm playing the game, playing the game, going through it. And what is the first thing you do when you unlock a new class? You go try it. Mm -hmm. Well, you go look at the outfits. Or at least that's what I do. Yeah, you go through and look at the outfits. Well, um, after a certain point in the game, in the desert area... I unlocked a new outfit. I would go try it on. You know, go go through, look at all the outfits, leave the menu screen. Game stop responding. Music would still play. I could still, you know, switch inputs, you know, to go to home screen. Still worked. The system still worked. The game would not recognize any input. Just the game. This happened five different times. I got so fed up with it after I unlocked Salve Maker that I actually put the game down and have not returned to it since. And this is why I trashed the game. I think it's specific to the digital version, and I'm afraid to test this out on the Steam because I have a feeling the Steam is just a port of the digital Switch version. Have other people run into this bug? I don't know. I haven't bothered to look. I just put the game down, moved on to a different game. I And this is what, like, as far as everything else in the game story, it was pretty good. Enjoyed the characters, loved the job system, loved the loved the interaction of the abilities and all everything. But this is where I will trash the game: is that there was something in the in their deep their QA that got missed when it came to the specific digital port of the Switch version. Because again, I bought it digitally; I didn't have a physical copy that I think got missed, and it and it. And so I would have to turn down, you know, turn off the system. I turned it off, would wait. Because, again, I could shut the game down, go back to the main screen of the Switch. So it wasn't an issue with the Switch. It was an issue with the game. And, again, the music would still be playing. The music would play fine. It would loop. You know, nothing was going. But I, it would not recognize any other inputs. Because hmm. typically when I run into what seems like game-breaking bugs like that, I'll like hit up GameFAQs or something and see if other people are having the same issue. Yeah, no, I just put the... I, I got fed up with it after the fifth time, put the game down, moved to a different game. No, I mean, I, I mean f- fair enough. If you're, if you're done, you're done. Yeah, I'm, uh, I was done mm-hmm. because, you know, it happened consistently after, on five different jobs. It, it, so, in fact, the first job it actually happened with was Gambler. I was so pissed having to do that not just the card game battle again, but also the fight again right after it. Oh, uh. yeah, that that's that's crazy. Yeah, so so that is why I try. I, I that's why I don't really speak about bravely. I'm, I I told you I would trash the game for one specific reason, and this is the reason. There was something in the QA that got missed on the digital port of the Switch version. I don't know, and that's the thing. I don't know if it if it's just me. Or if other people had it, but it ha- it's specific to the digital version. So I don't know how many people actually bought the digital version. Because obviously, pause was fine. You were fine. You all both, you know. So mm-hmm. it was something specific to the digital port that got missed. What I would be curious about is if you, like, dug out the game and dug out your Switch right now. And put put the card in it. And if, if they... Again, uh, I don't have a card. Or, no, I'm, I'm my bad. Um, if you... Uh, tried to boot up the game and it 
pro- immediately prompted with an update screen because it's been two years. Well, it, it, I, it would be on a brand. I have a brand new switch, so it'd be a complete download. Well, yeah, I mean, d- uh, download and if it is a known bug, if it ever got fixed. Yeah. So, but yeah. So that that's that is my epic story of why I trash bravely default two. I don't generally share it because of the fact it's a very limited bug and a lot of people did not experience it. So I tend not to, you know, trash on what would be a, otherwise a really good game. I mean, because other other than that, it, it's, it's a good game. It is a good game. I had one very specific issue. And unfortunately, because it did happen on more than more than one, you know, more than one time. It wasn't just, you know, I would shut down the game. I would shut down the system. Because I could still shut down the game because, again, the Switch worked fine. It was something specific in the game. So, nope, I put the game down, moved on. Um, <laughs> you're reminding me of when I first tried to play the very first Persona game. And was already struggling with how hard the game was. Because this, this, this was my first introduction to SMT after I had been playing you know, Care Bear crap like Final Fantasy all my life. And struggling with a dungeon, struggling trying to get to a save point because I'm dying. And I, I see it on the map and I'm ready to go it. And my, my room goes dark. And it was because my dad was messing with the circuit breaker because um, he was trying to fix something. Oh, no. And I, I just remember taking the game out of my PlayStation and putting it back in the, the case and putting it away and not touching it for God knows how long. I don't. I remember beating the PlayStation version of Persona One. I don't remember a thing about it. I the game really didn't register in my brain until uh, the PSP version, which is a better version anyway. Um, but yeah, that reminds me of that story, and I feel your pain. Oh man, I, I you know talking about my thing, I totally forgot that there was a whole topic with like a hundred plus posts with me and my buddy here, and I'm reading through it. And at one point, I'm like, FML, just give this other guy the crown. I've just found D&D <laughs> or B&D. <laughs> <laughs> and this is an interesting one. I have no memory of this. Um, the side quest system has a questionable rank or how difficult the quests are. But I had a five out of ten one difficulty. Um, it was to beat some random dudes outside of town. It took five minutes. Um, then I had a two out of town ranked one, two out of ten ranked one that involved three trips into a much harder dungeon and back. That one took over an hour. So huh. I, I forgot that they even had ranks for the uh, yeah, quest. I forgot that too. Yeah, well, yeah, but, but see, was higher rank as a higher rank number harder or is a lower rank number harder? Yeah, <laughs> goodness question. knows. It's is it golf or is it uh, everything else in life? <laughs> I, I would uh, to equate it to uh, D and D. Is it second edition Thaco or is it current AC? <laughs> yeah, I don't know those words. Um, second edition had uh, arm. So armor class is you know how good your armor is. Well, second edition did it the reverse, where it's armor class zero. So the lower the number, the better it was. Instead, of the higher the number, the better it is. Those are, ah, okay. So is it second edition where the lower the number, the harder it is, or is it current edition where higher the number, the better, the harder it is? And also, 
supporting material for the Persona Strikers episode. But yeah, my rage, my rage moment in Strikers when I was trying to finish it wasn't just Frankie uh, hitting the power button, but or the the power strip. But I just now remembered I didn't die. The uh, Velvet Room soft locked on me at one point, just like what you were saying with the um, your game soft locking on you. Damn. Yeah, and it, again, it wasn't just one time though. I mean, like uh, one time. Uh, that's how come I kept with it a few times. It was like, okay, one time, not bad. Two times, that's a little weird. Three times, mm. <laughs> and then uh, I forget if it was actually four or five times. But Salve Maker was the last one because it was like one of those side quests right in as you get into the snowy area in the little town to the south. Yeah, I remember all this crap. You know, you know what's funny through. is that that little town to the south. I didn't go there. Like I skipped right over it, went to the next town, and I think I it, like I was talking to somebody at one point, and they're like, "Oh, didn't you do this?" I'm like, "Oh, I completely skipped that little town." Well, it didn't and, matter and, that it was order. the little town. It was just again, it was specific to the job. You know, going like, yeah, 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 and it was yeah. as <laughs> soon as you unlocked it. So like, you go in, you open up the menu, you go look at the outfits, you be like, "Okay, cool outfits, skills, you know, do all that." leave the menu completely go back to the game screen music was playing and you couldn't do any inputs and and, and, it happened multiple times just i'm done i was done and to me at least soft locking is a hundred times worse than a crash because you know at least with a crash you 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 pretty much know what's going on the game crashed to the system menu okay fine game i i will play play a little game and reboot it up but a soft lock you honestly think that you have a uh chance to recover mm-hmm. somehow <laughs> and it just doesn't <laughs> yeah and that's why i thought of you know at first it was a system crash but then it's like oh no i could exit to menus oh the music is still playing oh i can still navigate to other things on the switch menus so again, it, it was something, I think it had something to do, because I think you you were playing with a cart, Pause was playing with a cart, because, you know, Paul tries to do as physical as she could usually, or used to, I don't know if she still does now, but um, yeah, no, I'm just, uh, yeah, I was done, just done. That, and that is my epic story of why I, I trash Bravely Default 2 privately, because of the fact they didn't fully <laughs> QA all the 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 digital version before it released because of that one stupid bug oh well you know what i was just reading again for my my earlier memories and turns out i was exactly right on that berserker i'm reading about how i broke the game and uh made two people berserkers basically every random encounter was over 18 mp they go berserk for three turns use the zero mp when berserk skill do the four actions if i wait three turns boom gone clear everybody <laughs> fun times I, I i'm i'm done ranting now i'm sorry no that's, no you're perfectly fine I'm, I'm glad that you uh uh held in all this anger for us oh no i've been i've been i've any time bravely default comes up I go on this rant, but I'm more than willing to put it up for backtrack anytime. No, of course. That's what we're here for. Uh, the group therapy session. And I still ha- I haven't, I, I've still have not gone back to it. And I own, I own the digital steam version now too. See the digital steam version. I would almost have to check just to satiate my curiosity, but that's me. But yeah, I, I have a feeling because, you know, you obviously played a fine pause was playing it on on a card. I'm sure 
when she was streaming it. So it was, it was something very specific to a digital version of the game. That's all I can for sure say as far as how prevalent the error was. No clue because I don't research that type of crap. It's just like, oh, it's, you know, I was like, OK, I have other games I can go play. I will put this down and I just haven't gone back. And, and see, I'm the, I'm the exact opposite. If if there's like a game breaking bug, I have to know if it's if I'm, I'm the only person getting it or if other people were dealing with that shit as well. Um, crap, that one Wii game that was part of the Project Rainfall, and I'm blanking. Pandora's Tower yeah. has a very notorious game breaking bug in it, where um, the game you try to go into a tower at a certain point, and the game freezes. And that one pissed me off because it's like towards the very end of the game. Um, I I remember the only way you can even bypass that bug is to like turn off your Wii, open up the game, and immediately go to the tower. Don't pass go, don't collect $200, go right to the tower. Oof. Mm. So... So that being said, I, I think we're ready to wrap this up. Gosh, I'm thinking about every time I've ever nearly rage quit a game now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know how we could have a back a backtrack just around rage quitting RPGs, though that would be kind of fun. Um, well, I, I wouldn't call it a rage quit, but te- technically you kind of soft quit the next game we're p- going to be talking about, Matt? Or- yeah, you know, we even moved stuff around and... <laughs> I, keep, I I put it on and I play for 30 minutes and I fall asleep and I'm like, no, I I, I just can't. I'm going to try. I, I, there's no way I'm going to finish it in the next two weeks, but uh, I probably should put a few more hours in so that I have a good memory of battle mechanics and everything. Not that it's uh, much different from other ones, but I want to make sure I have names and places and stuff in my head a little bit better. Yeah, I'm going to have what uh, we're talking about. Uh, we're doing the third Trails of Cold Steel. By the way, um, we've been kind of averaging what about one every year. Mm-hmm. So next year, uh, Azure will be eligible. Technically, mm-hmm. I mean, Azure has been no wait, not Azure, the first one, zero. Uh, technically, Excellent. that Excellent. yeah, technically that's been eligible this entire time. But for us Americans that don't feel like do- doing the trickery with the fan dubs or fan translations and Chinese Steam Store and all that. Um, oh God! Some yeah. of us just hacked our Vita and did it the easy way. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, Tam, uh, trying to do at least legally the the Trails games when they've had fan translations is a pain in the ass. And I, I appreciate the people that can do it, but I am lazy and I will just wait until an official translation. Uh, because, because, and if you recall that I did try to play the Vita version, but I was getting pissed off at all the bugs. I, you know that, you know what? I unabashedly, I'll spoiler this for next time, next year's uh, podcast. I love that game way too much. I didn't even care. <laughs> I was like, what? I can't cook in this game. Screw it. I don't care. I love this game way too much. I, I, I love these characters. I'm loving the low stakes, the small town. Not that the stakes were all that low, but I mean, for the most part, it was like, oh, you know, you're the special support service. Go find a cat. Sure, I'm on it. Yep. Got it. I'll, I'll do this. Leave the, I, Screw the mafia. They can take over half the city for a while, but gotta find I'm going to go look cat. for a cat. I, listen, this, the- these people haven't returned their library books. Screw the world. You can all burn in hell, but I'm going to get these library books back, so... <laughs> and all the love for cop, cop, yes. cop, cop, uh, cop. But, 
But it's relevant because you go to Crossbell in Cold Steel 3. Oh, yeah. You see, no, you see Cop. So. And I, and you know what? Honestly, that's where I got stopped. This is where I am. We'll talk about this next week. Um, I when you know, when it came time to like, OK, I got to really sit down and finish this now. Um, that's where I was. I was right at the end of Crossbell and I finished it and was happy. And then I got back to the town and was like, oh, I got to do this again. Yeah. And, the, and, and there I sit. The Crossbell part was just too epic because yep. I love Crossbell too much. I'm like, no, I have to leave. I don't want to leave. In the meantime, my copy of Azure has sat there dormant since, gosh, I don't even remember when it came out this year. I want to say about a month or two ago, and I haven't touched it. And I, I really want to, and I really should, but I keep getting distracted by other games. It, it's okay. You'll get there. I, you know what? I ended up that game. I played halfway through, and that was my, because I usually play a game and a half a year of uh, those, our Cold Steel cold in the sky series or kaseki stuff and that's where i stopped there's a really perfect intermission in that game and that's where i hit pause on that now i remember why i stopped because uh that was when octopath 2 went on sale and i was dying to play oh, that Oh because yeah. everybody was raving about it and i picked it up for a steal on amazon I, you know that it's hard to say are you going to eat the 20 ounce filet or are you going to have the gigantic lobster tail i mean where, where do you go wrong there yeah yeah well, darn now i'm hungry <laughs> <laughs> okay well um you could too well We'll have a much more epic trails talk during the next show because um, Josh will be here and he's the tr the trails expert. Um, and in the meantime, uh, thank I'll you. Just trail behind. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, one more time. Sorry. Okay. Um, in, in the meantime, thank thank you, Tam, for coming on especially since you have to, you, you took personal time to bitch about a game that's dedication the <laughs> story that needed to be told yes and and thank you Cass. i knew i wouldn't have to twist your arm too much for this show because i know you love bravely and will take any opportunity to talk about yeah. it a pleasure as always um th that being said you think we're gonna do a backtrack summon and get a third game I mean, a fourth game is, we'll see, it's I guess. a fourth game. Yes, yeah, so whether it be called Bravely Third or Bravely Sword or Bravely Default Three or I don't even, we'll find out. It'll probably be Bravely Fifth and just really fuck with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> or it'll be Bravely Second, too. It could be Bravely Second, too. Bravely Traveler. Oh God, please really no. screw with people. Bravely Traveler. Because <laughs> it's the same team. Yeah, Octopath oh. Default, you know. Yep, and, and of course, thank you to to Matt. I I feel bad we haven't had a lot of games that you could talk about recently. So I was I was looking forward to the show. We're we're hitting the stretch here. We're hitting the stretch. <laughs> we're 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 in the platy zone here. <laughs> in in the platy zone. Um, and, and I'm your host Kelly Ryan. We will talk at you probably in two weeks, give give or take any disaster. I hope that you, the listener, have a wonderful rest of your week, and we will chat at you later. Bye, everybody. Bye, bye.